Good morning. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, what would have happened? Psalm 124. This is an introduction. Psalm 124. Yeah, do you have a good attitude today? I think you do. We just sang worship to God. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Fill us with your spirit today and bless our day. All day. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, now just uh, say to you in your own heart, praise the Lord, in whatever way you want to do that. And then turn to your neighbor and just say, you're looking really good this morning. You're well fed. You're looking good. Dressed up. Smell good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would you uh, look at Psalm 124, verse 1? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then what? Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Um, Evil in the world. I'm really fascinated on that. Proverbs 15, verse 3. It says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now, this hit me the other day because of what happened in Maine with a tragic shooting and a rampage of a man who went to two social events, a bowling alley and then a pool hall, restaurant, pub, or whatever, and just killed people for whatever reasons. Evil. Was God watching the evil? Yeah, it says that here in verse 15, verse chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. It says in the King James, beholding. I think it says he keeps watch in the English Standard Version. He keeps watch over the evil and the good. It, so he is watching or observing. And where do you see that in another part of the Bible? where God and evil are talking. God and evil are talking with each other. That's in Job. That'll be later today. I don't know if it'll be at 11 or tonight, but I have a a message on that. And here it is in short. Just Job, turn to Job 1. You have to process, you and I have to process life through the scripture and the mind of God, when bad things happen, like the tower that fell on the people, the tower of Siloam, in the time of Jesus, the current events at Christ's time, a tower had collapsed and killed a number of people. And he said, do you think this happened because they were greater sinners? Remember that? All right, you don't, but it says that. 
And we're not turning. It's not, I, I'm only wanted to say a few things here. Uh, they happen. Evil happens. It's in his plan. And we have questions why. But you grow up in your spiritual life and you stop asking that. And you allow, you process it in the mystery. This is a mystery. And this is, you need to have mystery in your life. You cannot understand life without understanding God. God's ways are not your ways, my ways. God's ways. Now, why were, was there 18 people killed, I think? 18, I think the final number was 18. Why not 19? Why not 20 or 25 or 1,000? Why, why, why is life the way it is? God is watching and keeping over. He is allowing. Now, here in Job 1, we see that Joe, Satan said, let me, let me attack Job and his stuff. Remember that? Verse 11. But put your forth your hand now. He's talking to God. Touch all that he has. He will curse you to your face. Satan said to God, just touch his stuff, his kids, his stuff, and he will curse you to your face. And God said, okay, you can, you can do that. Then the devil came back and said, okay, uh, if you touch his body, he will curse you. This is in chapter 2. If you touch his body, and the Lord said, you can, but you can't take his life. Now notice this. You can do that, but you cannot do this. You can do this, but you cannot do that. Who's God talking to? Evil. Satan. Do you think that Satan is subject to Almighty God? Absolutely. God says you can do this, but you cannot do that. Isn't that interesting? Now, you try to figure that out. You can't. That's why the, the primary purpose in our lives is to know God and walk with God. And the world is troubled by the massacre in Maine, the killings in Maine, the innocent people died. Innocent people, children, teenagers, they died. They did. Was that evil? It was evil. You can only go this far. You can do this, right? But you cannot do this. So that'll be our, our message. I want to explore that a little bit in faith today. Uh, and I want to prov- provoke you in your faith to understand life. And if it had not been the Lord w- that was on our side, we would have been swallowed up. The Jews said that in Psalm 124. There is now a war in the Middle East, another activity of evil. You can do this, but you cannot do that. Oh, well, how, why is it happening at all? Good question. We are believers in the living God who wrote the Bible and is talking to us. He has things to say to us about things in life. 
so that we can process it. God's life can be really hard. But he constantly comes back to us and says to us who he is. He is not evil. He is good. In him is light and no darkness at all. His plan is perfect. We don't understand it. But he's working with us. And he invites us into the circle, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Son of God made that possible that we would be in the fellowship with God. And that we would understand his nature and his character and his love. And we know that everything works together for good to us who are called. And there is something great that is happening in your life. In Ezekiel 36.11 is another verse to share one day, and that is that it gets better. It gets better for you and I. Life gets better for you and I. It does. Okay, so that, that's the introduction. Praise the Lord. Okay, turn to your neighbor and just say again to them, Boy, I said it before, but I'm saying it again. You look good today. Uh, Pastor Chevelli just returned from one month of traveling, and yeah, he did amazing. Uh, I think I have a map. We have a map. Okay. Uh, so one month traveling, one week in each of these places. First, he was in Thailand, right down here in uh, Sikon. Uh, where the Asians came together. 125 Chinese people came, I believe. Uh, 25 Filipinos, uh, people from Singapore, Thailand, Cambodia. They came together. It was amazing for one week just ministering. And I was thinking, if he didn't do it, how? who would do it? You know, just... Point to somebody in here who would you're going to do it next time you're doing it. Wow. Then then after one week, he went to Nepal up there. You see it again, a huge number of people, I think 47 churches, something like that. Ordinations uh, ministry to the men and the women there, the Bible college there. This is a vision to reach the all the provinces in Nepal. And so he was one week there ministering and preaching and teaching. Uh, then he went to uh, Bangalore down here in southern India for another week. And there the, the churches came together like they do at these conferences and doing rap sessions and teaching and preaching. I think he said he preached 68 messages. Yeah, and during this whole month. Isn't that amazing? And we were praying for him and and behind him and what he's doing and how God is using him to, to speak to these people and counsel and help people find find Christ and, and live in faith. So that was another week in Bangalore. Then the last week was up in Mumbai, India, up in the on the further about halfway to in the west coast there, Mumbai and was there for a week. And uh, I just want to say to him and Linda, especially Linda, wow, give her a hand. What did she do? Amazing, really, wow. 
you know, to be behind your husband like that and just be loving the, uh, the ministry and what God is doing and how God is using him. So welcome, Pastor Shabelli. <laughs> Good morning. morning. You turn with me to John chapter one. Stand and turn, or turn and stand. I don't know. Whichever makes sense to you. Pastor Steve, could you come here? Because I realize this Bible is too small for me to read without glasses or magnifying glass or things like that. So if you would start with um, John one forty-eight, and read through 51 for me. Okay. It's a teeny, wow. All right. You need like large print. Yeah. I, mean, large I know. Print. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at this. All right. Okay. Ready? Are you with us? Okay. Oh, we could read it from the back there. Look at that. That's amazing. It's on the back wall. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Nathaniel says to him, uh, Whence knowest thou me? Uh, Jesus answered and he said, Before that Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he says to him, Verily, verily, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven, and heaven open and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Father, thank you. Thank you for an open heaven. Thank you. You've given us an open heaven. Bless our time this morning. Thank you for this ministry. We had a Grace World Outreach. Thank you for all that's taken place through many, many decades. And just bless our time today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, to me, it's a great blessing, privilege, and benefit to be able to do this. Uh, really, that the church would allow me to go and uh, is, is behind me uh, prayerfully, uh, spiritually, financially, in so many aspects. I just thank you, because if it wasn't for the church, I'm not, what am I? What would I be doing? Wouldn't be doing this, you know? Be doing something else, you know? So thank you, thank you, leadership, thank you, church, for just uh, really being behind the mission that we have to go into all the world with the gospel, and that is so key. We touch base with over three hundred churches during this time, and. Um, when Pastor Shala was explaining the trip, I started to yawn. I got like a little tired, just thinking like, wow, did that, did that really happen? <laughs> but your prayer, I think prayers, prayers you, can, you can sense the prayers and the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance. Uh, how many, I, I, I think 12 immigration, in and out of immigration, 12 times. Take your shoes off, take your belt off. Put your, put your hand on this thing to see if that's really who you are. Uh, this just goes on and on. And uh, I can honestly say by the time I came back into Washington, D.C., I'd had it. 
I, that was just the end of that, you know. Couldn't, I can't do this again until the next week. And then, uh, yeah, I, I always say that. But um, it was really quite something to see all these incredible leaders and churches and what they're doing. Uh, imagine 302 churches in Asia. 302 churches with greater grace in Asia. The pastors, the Bible schools, the uh, orphanages, the Christian schools. It's just really something else to behold. Um, and I, I love that. The, that verse, that I think they sang a song, if I'm not mistaken, Behold the Lamb of God. And with an intimate fixed gaze, just behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what we're beholding. That's what we're presenting. We have this great, great privilege and opportunity to present to the world Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, and what he did on the cross by taking away the sin of the world. What a message we have. Hello? We got a, over here, are you with me? Okay, especially the Ugandans over here. You got, I got you, okay. Um, no, really, we're just behold with an intimate gaze the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The message is not what you would call complicated, like some people try to make it at times, but very simple, very clear, very precise, very sincere, very exact. Just behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And really, obviously, there's a lot that comes out of that, but um, I just wanted us to think this morning uh, about what it means to have an open heaven. Are you with me? That we have an open heaven. There's not brass above us. We have an open heaven. And when we think about that, so we think about Genesis 28. I was looking at that this morning, this portion of scripture. Genesis 28, when Jacob is backsliding, actually, he's on his way out of the promised land. God gives him seven promises. And he, he uses a stone for a pillow. I kind of done that a few times. A stone, a large stone for a pillow. And he, he lays down and he dreams a dream. And he sees God speaking to him. And he sees in it, that dream, the angels of God ascending and descending. And, and he has, he's, has this open heaven. God gave him an open heaven even when he was going in another direction. Isn't that amazing? That we can, we can be people that say no to God and we go in a certain direction. And God opens up heaven. And just show, Amen. Are you here today? Yeah. It just shows us an open heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending. And it's amazing. It's amazing what can take place uh, there. And then we see the very same thing. And by the way, Jacob's name means, if your name is Jacob, don't take it personal. It was changed to Israel, one who has power with God. But Jacob's name means trickster, supplanter, deceiver. I'd just like to have that name tagged to you. If you do... Don't change it, because it's got nothing to do with you. And uh, his name was changed to Israel, one who has power with God. But then we see Nathaniel. So Jacob is one in whom there's guile, there's deceit, there's trickery. <coughs> then we see the same vision somewhat given to Nathaniel. And he says, I see the angels of God. From henceforth you'll see greater things than these. He said to him, before I called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And he said, you know, from henceforth, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. An open heaven. You're going to have an open heaven. Jacob had an open heaven. 
one in whom there's guile. Nathaniel, which means one in whom there's no guile, no deception. You've got an open heaven also, an open heaven. And it's really, it's really something else when you think about that, what it means to have an open heaven. I was thinking about the fact that we can have, we actually have and can receive and listen to and study and learn God's word. The word came from where? Hello? The word came from where? Heaven. God in heaven, right? It says in John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So we got the word of God from heaven. God gave us his word. What a privilege it is to have a Bible. I mean, sometimes it's very easy to take that for granted that we have a Bible. We've got two, we've got three, we've got five, we've got seven. We've got the big one, the small one, we've got the pocket one, we've got, you know, we've got the Bible. We've got the Bible being preached all over the place. I understand that. But there are so many people in this world and in Asia that really have no idea about the Bible. They don't have one. And if they could get one, even then, would they understand it? We have great teachers preachers and teachers and pastors. See, you know, when you don't have any of those things, you don't have a Bible and you don't have anybody to preach and teach and, and, and train a person, then you are in a place where, wow, you know, there's so much I'm missing. But I want to be so thankful for the truth that we can have a Bible in America. Amen? Amen. We can read a Bible. We can read. So many people in the world can't read. Can't even read their own language. We can have a Bible, read a Bible, study a Bible, believe a Bible, uh, proclaim a Bible, preach a Bible. It's incredible that we have an open heaven, and that open heaven gives us God's precious word. And there's nothing like it, you know. They sang the song, I was thinking about that song today, There's None Like You. No one else could touch my heart the way that you do. And, and Jesus touches our heart through his word. We read his Bible. This morning I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I said, no, not getting up. And God didn't even answer like, like, you know, like I answered him. He said, yes. He didn't, I didn't hear the voice. I'm just, you know, let's not get crazy here. I just said, okay. Yeah, you know when you're older you find yourself using the, the bathroom a lot more at night. If you know what I mean, you know, so... There, there we go. You know, it's just like, you, you know what, you're up to stay. And I thought, this is way too early. And God says, I'm not, I don't, my clock's not your clock. My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready, you know. And uh, I was saying that to God. So, and I just began to think about the, how, how privileged I am to have a Bible, to read a Bible, to be able to write notes and not just even the, the preaching or the teaching part, but just to know God through his word. Right? The, the word of God is amazing. Read Psalm 19 sometime. What an amazing psalm that is. More to be desired than fine gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. To desire the Bible. God, and, and by the way, you could sit out there and be saying, and I can say this myself sometimes, I don't desire it. No, I'm tired. I've had it. Enough's enough, you know, 12 immigrations, uh, 14 up and downs in airplanes. Uh, that's it. I don't care. I don't care about the Bible this morning. Then I, then I hear this in my back of my, my conscious mind, more to be desired than fine gold. 
yea, then much fine gold. That's why we have Bible schools around the world. That's why Asia is growing, because of this word, right? This word. Heaven was open, and God sent his son, who is, by the way, called the word of God. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. By the way, I like how it really reads. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was facing God. The word was facing God in the Greek language. We got the word yesterday on the streets in, uh, at Aldi's. We're talking about the Bible, the word, you know, and, uh, and talking to people about the scriptures. Are you with me? Say, oh, it's not easy to get excited about the Bible. It's just black letters on white pages. But do we know who is in the Bible? Lo, I come in Psalm 40 and Hebrews 10. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will. I'm in the book. I am the book. I'm in the book. I preach the book. I proclaim the book. I teach the book. I am the book. I live the book. And we have this Bible. This amazing word of God, a treasure, right? This is a treasure. And I can have that treasure in an earthen vessel. I can bring his word into my life. It can change me. And you know, there's so many people with so many problems in this world, even Christians. And yet they, they don't see, they go in this direction, this counselor, this psychologist, this person, and, and we, yes, yes, church members at the time, this person, that person. And God is saying, open the book, open the book. And by the way, maybe I'll never get an answer because I won't open the book or I don't open the book. I'm looking in every direction. Christian TV shows, whatever they are, I have no idea. Christian TV shows or whatever, some kind of counselor that I pay. I, I remember somebody told me they used to pay $250 for a one-hour session with a Christian counselor. I said, give me the money. I said, I'll give you a whole year's worth, and then I'll use the money for missions, for tracts and Bibles to give to people that don't know God. $250 for an hour of counsel? The heck are you giving them? Huh? Golden words that they can transform into dollars? It's ridiculous. Give them the word of God. My brother and I had a counseling center for years in Springfield, Massachusetts. We called it the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse Counseling Center. Then, if you needed help, we put you into the Life House. It was an actual two homes. So you went from the Lighthouse to the Life House. You got the light, then you got the life. Of the word. Isn't that great? And I thank you because what you are are living epistles, known and read of all men, Second Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 7. Living epistles. We are the Bible. The Bible speaks. Did you hear me? The Bible speaks. We're speaking Bibles. Talking to people. Woman says, How do I know Jesus exists? I says, Because he spirit lives in me, and I'm standing in front of you talking about his words. So how's that? Is that enough for you? Just walked away. You know, I was like, well, whatever, okay. That's the way it goes sometimes, you know. But we have an open heaven, and that's incredible. And next, you know what? I need personally, are you with me? Nobody's sleeping, are they? Okay. Next is, do I have an open heart? I got an open heaven, but an open heart. I, yes, I'm at a well. And I'm on my fifth husband, but my heart is open, and God's going to change me. Yes, 
I'm paralyzed in Mark chapter 2. But my heart is open. They're going to let me down through a roof. And, and, and they're going to break the roof open. And let me down. And my heart is open. And I'm going to be transformed and healed. Yes, here I am. My name is Nicodemus. And I'm a very religious man. But my heart is now open. I want to hear the truth of Jesus Christ and his word. See, open hearts. We see the Mary Magdalene, out of whom came seven devils. Devils out, spirit in. Isn't that easy? Huh? Hello? Devils out, spirit in. Got that, Pastor Ron Swingle? Devils out, they, they, I remember when they went out from you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> when I moved into your house, they went out, right? No? I'm only joking. Don't, don't take it personal. I mean, think about these people throughout the scriptures. Out of whom went seven devils. An open heart. I don't care what a person has done. You've got criminals. You've got addicts. You've got alcoholics. You've got people that have, have lived in sin and crime. Just give me a new heart. Okay, that's what an open heart really means. I get a new heart from Jesus Christ. So an open heaven and open hearts. Then you know what else I get? You know what else is open? I've got an open vision. I got a vision about my personal life. Don't, don't think about the other visions first. Think about, I and you have a vision. Do you have a vision for your personal life? Where do you want, where, where are you going to go in Christianity? Well, I'm just going to sit here and just, you know, do, do whatever. And I'm not talking about sitting here and being behind the work of God. That's amazing. But some people just have, they want nothing to do with anything that has to do with God. They don't have an open vision. Having a vision. This is so key. And when I don't have a vision, I thank God that people had a vision and could see things. Pastor Stevens looked at me one time and he said to me, I think you're going to be a pastor. I said, I think I used to trust you. <laughs> but I don't anymore. I said, I'm good at evangelism. I will never pastor. I will never pastor. I will never pastor. He smiled and walked away. Okay. I didn't have a vision for that. I didn't have a vision. I loved, I loved working with criminals and addicts because I was one. Hello? No, I mean, I got changed, okay? An open vision. Do you have a vision? A personal vision for your own life. That's where Bible school comes in. And you get developed in the vision that God has for you. That's where you learn the scriptures. That's where you come to church and you, you hear about a vision, a vision, a personal vision. Open vision, Amen. Got an open vision. Asia. I never thought I would be doing Asia stuff. To me, it was Africa, 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 Africa. And all of a sudden, Asia popped up. Another A. Just Asia popped up. An open vision. Then you know what God gives you when you have an open vision? Open doors. 1 Corinthians 16, 8, 9. A great and effectual door is open unto me. And there are many. And by the way, there's adversaries. You get an open door, there's going to be adversaries. Hello? <clears throat> God gives you an open door to go to Bible school. Adversaries. Money. Opinions of people. What not? The highest form of worship and education there is in existence today on this planet is Bible school. Can anybody give me an amen with that? Amen. Huh? Come on now. huh? Say, so are you saying that if I do something else other than go to Bible school? I'm not saying anything. I just said it's the highest form. Because you're learning something that's eternal. Hallelujah. Wow. 
God opens doors. He opens doors. For us, it's all the world. For us, it's 80 countries. For us, it's 767 churches now. Isn't that amazing that your church has been involved with planting 767 churches in over 80 countries? Hello? We're just sitting here on Sunday morning and maybe we don't even realize it. The Ugandans realize it. They were part of that vision and also other people from other places that I might be missing right now. Okay? The Staples family. Wow. From, where'd you come from, New York? That's almost near Africa, isn't it? <laughs> Open doors. God opens doors. 2 Corinthians 2.12 says, A door of the gospel was opened unto me. A great and effectual door, 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9, is opened unto me. And many adversaries. A door of faith, Acts 14, 26. God opens doors. I don't open them. You, try, you ever try to open doors that God has locked? Hello? Have you ever tried to open something God's closed and he's put a seal on it? You want to know what that was for me? I was on my way to Italy. Right, Linda? Look at her, she's smiling. She's getting hungry for pizza right now. I'm going to have macaroni when I go home to eat this afternoon, right? I saw the sauce out this morning. I'm really excited. I don't get excited over mashed potatoes. I was going to Italy. We had everything all set. Had a house in Milan. Had a team. Had a visa. Had the money. God shut it down in one week. Everything collapsed. No. Great desire. Wrong place. But Italy, Italy, are you kidding me? I get to witness to the Pope. <laughs> Give him the gospel. No, it's Africa. You're going to Africa. And you're going to Africa, you're not going to have a visa. You're not going to have, I, we had nothing. It was unbelievable. I didn't know you needed a visa. Open doors. God, open, God will open doors for you that you can't even believe are there. You just sit here and say, God's opened a door for me and I'm here. But who knows what door God can open for you, what job he can give you, what person you can meet at Walmart. Did I say that, Walmart? Oh. I don't go to stores, but that's okay. Um, you know, what, what could take place? Who could move in next to you? Where you could go? What could, what could happen? An open door and a person is there. And they're transformed. An open door. That's amazing. Then number five, God's given you and I an open gospel. We have a gospel that's good. It's awesome for every single person. It's good news. You're giving people good news, right, Marion? We were out yesterday giving people good news, weren't we? Giving people good news. We don't know what we're talking about half the time. person says to me, what are you doing here? I said, I don't know. They said, well, well you gave me this track. What's it mean? I said, what do you think it means? I'm not always sure about what it means. Yes, I am sure. I'm just kind of like playing with their mind a little bit, you know, and uh, whatnot. We have a gospel. We've got an open heaven, open hearts, open vision, open doors, and we have a gospel that's open. That's an open gospel, and it's phenomenal. What greater news could anybody ever give you and I or anybody ever give this world? Huh? You, you want to watch what's on those stations? Huh? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what? To be very honest with you, I, I'm not that concerned. I think God's in control, don't you? Would you say that God knows what he's doing? Can God handle crisis? 
Hello over there, way over there on my left. Are you, over, are you, are you with me? Okay. Come on now, Castro. You're, you're there. Huh? Oh, God can handle those things. I can pray and believe. But you know what? A lot of these things are out of my room. What do you do when 300,000 people die in one night in Rwanda? You know what you do? In one night, I said, 300,000 people. You bring them the gospel. Amen? Six million people have been murdered in East Africa alone. What do you do? What do you do with it? What do you do with it? How do you solve the problem? You bring them the gospel, the good news. Amen? People's lives get changed and transformed. It's only the gospel that can change a man and can change a country. Everybody's got all kinds of ideas of how to change the world and how to change a country, how to change laws, how to change people from, you know, not, not man and, uh, and a woman, but a man and a man and a woman and a woman. Change comes through the gospel. Hello? Hello? I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. You know, we could do this or we could do that. We could have more of this or more of that. Thank God for elections and we can vote for people. But it's the gospel that's going to change people. It's Jesus Christ, not a house of representatives. It's Jesus Christ, not senators. It's Jesus Christ, not a president. It's Jesus Christ and the message that he brings. It's an open gospel for everybody. For everybody. I was in the office of a president of a country. And he said to me, what has brought you here? What's your mission? I said, to see you get saved. He just looked at me like, huh? I said, I came here to give you good news so you could get saved. He goes, you know what? I've never heard that from anybody who's ever visited this country. And it's in my office. I said, well, you're hearing it now. He goes, well, I am born again, and I thank God for you bringing that message and having the boldness to proclaim it. He says, you can do whatever you want in our country. Here's my card. If anybody stops you, police, army, anybody, just show them this card. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gospel did that. The, go- the gospel did that. Are you with me? Hello, got locked up in the country of Jordan for three days once. And I said, do you know what's going to happen? Do you know, do you, do you believe in God? Yes, I do. I said, well, I'm his ambassador. So for locking me up, I wouldn't want to be in your place. <laughs> Guy let me go. It put me to the borders to get out of our country. Well, it worked. The gospel, the good news, power, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Let's keep going forward. Amen? We've got open heaven, open hearts, open vision, open doors, and we've got a gospel that's wide open for everybody. Rich, poor, this color, that color, this group, that group, this culture, that culture, the intelligent people, the people that have no education. It doesn't matter for the African, for the Asian, for the South American. We'll be going to South America pretty soon. If you want to go, let me know. Um, South America. But let's just keep going forward. We've got that which is open. I see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's, that's what Nathaniel saw. That's what Jacob saw. Father, thank you. I'll show you greater things. That's what... Jesus said to Nathaniel, greater things. You're going to show me more open things, things that are open. Greater things. Open up my prayer life. An open heaven to pray to God. An open heaven to receive from God his word, his life, his power, his authority, his finished work victory. An open heaven. 
Give us open hearts, God, in this city. Lord, give us centurions like we see in Matthew 8. Centurions, give us Lydia's. Give us the woman at the well. Give us blind Bartimaeus's. Give us rich Zacchaeus's. Give us open hearts. Give us an open vision. For without a vision, people have no discipline. People perish. Without a vision, they perish. Give us a vision. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 5. The vision is yet for the appointed time, though it tarry, wait for us. Give us a vision. Give us open doors. Open vision, open doors. And as we go through that open door, we're going to open up the gospel. Wherever we go, no fear. Don't live in fear. God is not the source of fear. It's Satan and the flesh. No fear. Don't fear. We thank you, God. We thank you for that which is open. Thank you that in this church we have an open book called the Bible. We open Bible college classes. Open. If you are here or you're watching online, Jesus loves you. That's what the open book says. You can have an open heaven. Just open your heart. You'll get an open vision, open doors through the gospel. Say, Jesus, save me. I'm watching online. I'm not sure where I stand. Save me. Save me. An open hell is controlling me. But I'm going for the other openings. Thank you for open heaven, an open heart, an open vision, open door, an open gospel. Save me. If you're here this morning, save me. Save me. Save me. Save me. Deliver me. If you're here, there's areas in your life and in my life we need to be open to God for change. Thank you, God. We are open to you. Our hearts are open. Our mouth is open. Our hearts are enlarged. 2 Corinthians 6.11. God, we're open to you today. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us. Change us. Build us. We thank you. Pray that you bless our day today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? No, everybody said open. 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 Open the eyes of my heart.